1: Thank you for joining us on Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. One of the things South Florida has become known for is our art world. And one of the major contributors to our art community is the NSU Art Museum of Fort Lauderdale, part of Nova Southeastern University. And I'm very happy to welcome the Director of Development, Anna Forneas sorensen Anna, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Alan, it's a pleasure to be here. It absolutely is. I mean, the museum is so well-known, but I've never had a chance to talk to anyone about it, so this is very exciting. Can you give us just a little background of how the museum came to be and its association with NSU?
0: Sure. Um, The museum is actually one of the oldest cultural institutions in the county. We opened and we were incorporated as the Art Museum of Fort Lauderdale. On a little storefront on Las Solas Boulevard in 1958. Wow. And yeah, I know. And, and really, as in many organizations just getting their footing in a community, the museum was run by the fervent hearts of the volunteers from the Junior League and from Beaux-Arts and from the Women's Club and a lot of different, mostly female-led organizations around the city. Now, there were many founding philanthropic families of the Art Center, but we like to say that we went from the uh, storefront to the forefront. Right. Um, <laughs> <and> we, <laughs> we moved to this location at 1 East Las Olas Boulevard, um, the bookend of Las Olas. In 1987, and funds were raised and architects were recruited, and we have been at this location since that time. And in 2008, Nova Southeastern University, in partnership with the museum, decided to enter into a collaboration that would allow for the museum to be an educational instrument for the university. And it's been an awesome really dynamic partnership ever since. We just celebrated the 10-year anniversary of that collaboration in 2018.
1: What's fascinating is that, yes, it's a collaboration with the university, which gives students access, but you're really in collaboration with all of the community in the Tri-County area. It's access for everyone, and there are a lot of free community programs that we're going to talk about after we go over a little more of what's at the museum. Um, You mentioned the architects and an architect, Edward Larrabee Barnes, designed the building. He was a
0: world-renowned architect at the time, sought after to build museums in metropolis such as Philadelphia, New York, He built one of the most famous train stations in the country. He was a huge catch for Fort Lauderdale at the time, especially a city that was just kind of coming into its own in terms of the cultural offerings. And he built a building that was 83,000 square feet, and it's got its modern architecture, and it's got the waves. If you look at a photo of the building, you can see that its curvature is made to look like the wave to be in alignment with Buffalo, Four.
1: Yeah, beautiful. And that's just a reflection of the kind of innovation That's inside as well. And that's one of the things that I believe, you know, the Museum of Art takes pride in is how diverse and innovative your exhibitions are. How do the organizers, the curator, whoever's involved in choosing an exhibit how do you make those choices? There are so many artists around the world. So how do you narrow it down to what's going to be on display and for what amount of time?
0: Oh, that's a huge question. <laughs> it's a
1: lot
0: of different, <laughs> different layers, but I'll start with the person who makes those decisions, who's brought so much international notoriety to the museum. Bonnie Clearwater, our director and chief curator, she started in 2013, and she was, is dynamic, and she is well-known, and her passion is curating. And she's a director and chief curator of an SU Art Museum. And when she came in, she realized and part of the reason why she was attracted to this museum is because of our astounding collection. Now, Ellen, we have this museum has more than seventy five hundred works in our collection that belong to the museum and they form sort of a, a thread, a narrative if you will, of infinite stories that one can tell. So I'll talk a little bit about our collection and how that threads into the curatorial choices for the museum. And I hope Bonnie doesn't mind me speaking on, on her behalf. So there's our collection and then there are exhibitions that we curate in partnership with lenders and institutions from all over the world. Okay. For instance, we are the artistic estate of uh, American Impressionist William Glackens, who you mentioned Barnes earlier. Um William Glackens and Barnes were contemporaries and friends. And Barnes has the other place in the country that has a significant amount of William Glacken's paintings is the Barnes Museum. But we are the home of his estate. So we have a William Glacken's wing in the museum that's mostly examination of his work, his contemporaries at the turn of the century in America, from sketching and painting streetscapes in New York at turn of the century and rough and tumble markets and the time where many people from all over the world were coming to New York and moving in. And to these beautiful landscapes of Cape Cod and different areas where his family would vacation. So we have William Black, and then we have the largest collection of an artwork called Cobra. Now, Cobra is an acronym for Copenhagen, Brussels, and Amsterdam. Okay. And these, yeah. These Cobra artists were, this is an avant garde art movement that took place after World War II, and it was a sort of an underground movement at first, and it rejected the ideals of the sort of more oppressive art time in art during World War II, where there was more censorship and traditional art was lauded and anything else was criticized. So we have the most Cobra artwork of any museum outside of of Europe, and Cobra scholars from all over the world come to this museum to study our collection. Wow. We also have a collection of Latin American art that was gifted to this museum by Dr. Stanley Goodman and his wife, Pearl Goodman. It's an extensive Latin American art collection that we often examine in exhibitions. We also have oceanic and African artifacts. and We have a lot of those on view in a current exhibition called The Art of Assemblage, which opens November 21st. So that's a good example of how we fold our collection into storytelling. It's about the practice of assemblage, and it uses different materials to put together poetic abstractions of everyday life. And then we have a major collection of Pablo Picasso ceramics.
1: Wow. That's amazing.
0: It's amazing. Well, that doesn't get into also our contemporary works in our collection. We have a real heavy emphasis on photography in our collection, of female artists in our collection. We have also a large collection of artists and artworks from artists out of Haiti, and we examine those. So I think... What I'm trying to say is that the museum is able to tell stories of the people that live in this region and the history of the people that make up the vitality that is South Florida.
1: A hundred percent. I can hear it in everything you're talking about with, you know, Haiti and the Latin American arts and the oceanic and African artifacts. I mean, that is so, so South Florida. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when you talk about storytelling, that's a whole different way of, so to speak, looking at art that I'd never thought about, you know, my history of art is, well, I go to a museum and I look at the pretty pictures. And if I have the guided tour with me, then I get to learn a little bit of the background. But when you talk about storytelling, it takes it to a whole new level. And that's a fascinating thing, which is a really good reason to do guided tours. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, Ellen, the thing that is very powerful about going to a museum, other than just being able to, to have this infusion of color and be able to ask yourself the questions of what does this mean and, and what are they trying to say, is something powerful to, to kind of take into consideration when you're visiting a museum is, who is this artist? What part of the world do they come from? What time of history did they live? And what was going on? I mean, often art is an absolute reflection of What is going on in society in that moment in history? And I think the visual arts tell the history of our civilization, I mean, from cave drawings to present. And contemporary modern art can do that, too, because they present concepts and theories and and abstract emotions that really sometimes are confusing and provocative, but that's the point that they're that they're aesthetically they make you ask yourself a question. Right. So it's all about storytelling. All about storytelling.
1: One of the exhibits you have right now kind of sums up everything you're saying. Uh, Beyond the OK Corral, David Leventhal, Wilson J. Tang, and y- Yumi Go. Yes, you can go. And what I'm fascinated by, we all have heard the story of the, you know, showdown at the OK Corral, but they've turned this into an augmented reality exhibition. So they've taken something from American history and made it completely modernized. Tell me how you work with this evolving technology as you're bringing art together with tech. Well,
0: this exhibition is the first of its kind for us. Because it deploys artificial intelligence techniques and an extremely technologically savvy sort of trend in the art world. Now, this exhibition was something that was the brainchild of a a guy named David Leventhal, who was really involved in the movies in the 70s, 80s, and a little bit of the 90s. And he is great friends on Clearwater and they discussed what what would this concept be to sort of be inside of a work of art using the technology that's available to us. So it applies all of these techniques and It's a real stretch for us, but it represents this frontier of digital art, whether you're talking about NFTs, which I really am trying to grasp that whole phenomenon. But what does it mean to be inside of a work of art? What does it mean to have a work of art be interactive with you in a very personal way and experience a work of art in a digital way? Now, this scene at the OK Corral... Um, I understand that if you if you use the technology and the application, that you can look and see things in this painting that you wouldn't be able to see, and in the artwork that you wouldn't be able to see just with the naked eye, and with more and more of like a three D sense. So I hope that sort of gives you a a little bit more info on how we it put does. That
1: all Absolutely fascinating, um, the concept of combining the technology and making it augmented reality. And I think probably a lot of artists try to do that with their artwork or photography anyway. They're trying to, if I'm correct, bring a concept to life through the visuals that they're seeing, but they want other people to see it as well. And of course, we all have our own interpretations of what we see, so it can make for a fascinating conversation if you have a few people who are looking at the artwork together and interpreting it together. But you do so much in the community. I think there are people who think that artwork is not accessible to them, and NSU just goes so far out of the way intentionally to make programs available for our community to be able to see the work for free. Starting with, you can do a virtual tour online, which I'm sure is not the Mm -hmm. same as seeing it in person, but you can at least get a taste at the website, which is
0: nsuartmuseum.org.
1: Okay, remember that. We're going to mention it a few more times, nsuartmuseum.org. One of the key things that you do that's coming up a week from today is your free Fort Lauderdale Neighbor Day. I love the concept of making it neighbors. There's something that takes it from just being Fort Lauderdale The Great City, to We're All Neighbors. Tell me about what's free and what Fort Lauderdale residents can enjoy next Sunday, the 26th.
0: Sure, Ellen. Free Fort Lauderdale Neighbor Day is a collaboration with the city of Fort Lauderdale that we started, I think it was back in two thousand. 19. But it has become such an opportunity for the community to get together and do the things that we want to do in the museum. We want to be your museum. We're not the museum. We want to be your museum. We want people to have a personal relationship with the museum. And that means that we need to make it accessible. And so we're so grateful that we had the opportunity to create this program. And it's the last Sunday of every month, the last Sunday of every month, from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. That's the museum hours on that on Sundays. And Fort Lauderdale residents receive re-admission, and they also receive some little bonuses, like two-for-one wine in the museum cafe and a discount on um, NSU Art Museum catalogs. And all people need to do is show a photo ID or driver's license, something that shows that they live in the city, and come one, come all. And... Um, it really, what we find is that we're seeing a lot of visitors who who are first-time visitors, and that tells us that this is a needed program and that we're, we're on the right path to becoming really an accessible hub where people can come in and enjoy and feel like they can have discussions around whatever it is, whatever right. it is, and be here together.
1: And I want to clarify, when you're saying Fort Lauderdale residents, most of us who live in Broward County just think of Fort Lauderdale as Broward County. They're the same thing. But this is specifically the city of Fort Lauderdale, whereas you have a different free event every month for anyone. And that's the free first Um, Thursday sunny days.
0: Yes, Ellen. So we have the first Thursday of every month from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. is free first Thursday sunny days. And we're hoping to reintroduce the Starry Nights component into that day, which would extend the hours of the museum from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, that announcement will be coming soon. But free First Thursday Sunny Days, it provides free general admission for everyone to the museum. And we tend to offer additional programming on some free first Thursdays, such as artist performances. Sometimes we have lectures. Sometimes we have a drop-in art class, like we'll have a table set up in the breezeway and people can come and make a little craft project. We want those days to be where we activate all of the spaces in the museum so that it's Enjoyable and that people can kind of set it on their calendar as something that they
1: do every month. And there are always changing exhibits, so there's always something new. And then for children, this I think is so important. You know, it's been proven that being exposed to culture as a child creates a fuller, more well rounded adult. So there's free admission for children ages 12 and under all the time, and then you have special programs for kids as well. Can you tell us about those? Sure.
0: The free admission is, as you said, Ellen, it's year-round, and this gives parents, grandparents, caretakers a good activity to do with kids this age, and there's not a lot of free things for kids that, for kids 12 and under in the community, so we're so thrilled that we've always offered that. Now, another initiative that we have that gives access to the museum is part of a program called Museums for All. And that is an initiative of the Institute of Museum and Library Services. And so we are one of 700 museums in the United States that provides free museum admission. Every day we're open to those receiving food assistance or SNAP benefits.
1: That's wonderful. That
0: is another avenue. And we've seen a lot of, of of attendance. Um, we've seen some increased attendance when we joined this program, and we're proud to have the opportunity to do so. Um, another program that we really, in, in my role, that I've done a lot of, of fundraising and in development to see, to see us be able to have and execute is a program called Museum on the Move, and it is a free admission, transportation, tours, and art activities for Broward County public school students. Now, every year, we offer this program to 3,000 public school elementary, middle, and high school kids in Broward County. Wow. And, it's a, and when, when the museum was closed for a period of, I guess it was six months, we continued to offer this program, but we did it virtually. And what we found was that teachers and substitutes and people who were wanting to incorporate art into the curriculum or maintain art in the curriculum... They would work with us to have this be their lesson plan for art for the day. Um, also, after school centers and sites where kids were, um, where kids were, around the city in the city of Walton Manors and the city of Fort Lauderdale, kids were participating in our Museum on the Move uh, virtual programming, and we we really were pleased that we could offer that continuously, even though you know the schools weren't doing field trips. So. We're thrilled to say that, it, that in January, we're starting to plan in person. Museum on the Move Tours again, and we can't wait to see those yellow buses pulling up. Um, oh, also, every participant gets a bag full of art supplies.
1: Oh, my gosh. And
0: admission passes back to the museum.
1: I love that, and I bet they bring their parents back, and now you're spreading the love, so to speak, and giving more and more people access to this kind of art and culture. I would love to hear some of the children's comments when they see the artwork, um, because their questions must be different from what adults ask. Do you recall anything in particular that stands out when you've seen a tour with kids and things that they've commented on that, you know, maybe one of us hadn't thought of before?
0: Yeah, Ellen, great question. We have just volumes of surveys and drawings and and responses to our exhibitions from the kids and the students, I mean, the students and the teachers who come through the museum. And one of my favorite sort of bits of feedback that I got to hear uh, when I attended a docent tour with a fifth-grade class was when we had this exhibition called Happy. We had lots of really vibrant kind of... um, over the top colors and artwork that was very it was very interactive. And what kids often commented about was how, you know, happy it was. The show made you feel happy because it was colorful and and they could play with the artwork. It felt playful. But really the point of the exhibition was that these were artists who experienced some sort of great sadness or tragedy in their lives and they used art for healing and they used mm-hmm. art to uplift themselves they used, they used art to to build themselves back up and one fifth grader said i wonder if that artist made those clouds with the smiley faces because he, they were really sad.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Um, and they wanted to make us happy. Do you think they want to make us happy? And I get still saying it because it was like, we wouldn't. <laughs> we, we've poured thousands of adults in that show and
1: nobody said that. Yeah, and no, was, that's so like, insightful. And mm-hmm. happiness is contagious. <laughs> it really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the way you describe it with, you know, an artist who'd been through difficult times, it's so much like all the arts, music and writing. Some of the best creations come from people who are having very difficult times and they channel all of that into whatever form of art it is. And you have this amazing creation that just lives on forever. And art is one of those things. One of the things that I love that you're doing is you are collaborating with one of my favorite groups, the Broward County Public Library System. They have their annual Artlet in January. And so you've got Community Voices, and this is two artists?
0: That program is so great. Uh,
1: Community Voices
0: is important. It It is about all of the voices in the art world and the way that we interact with museums as a society and whether or not it's representative of all of the talent and all of the possibility. And so this program is great. I love that collaboration with the library too.
1: Yeah. Um, The first time I heard about Artlet, I was talking to one of the people at the Broward County Library System and they were telling me about it. And when I found out that art was part of reading, it really gave me a different perspective on books as well as art. The two, I mean, obviously any illustrated book is compatible, but art tells stories the same as books tell stories. And that was a revelation for me. And I imagine it is for a lot of people, unless maybe they all know way more than I do, which is also possible. (laughs) 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 Um, But, you know, just your involvement in the community. We're very lucky down here. We have a number of different kinds of museums, science museums, art museums, history museums that do so much in the community. What would you say differentiates NSU, Museum of Art in Fort Lauderdale, from other typical art museums? Well,
0: I think one defining characteristic is our collection, the breadth of it, and the international scale of it for our region, including Miami. The number of works in our collection is is substantial. Um so that's one thing that differentiates the museum. and our, our cobra works, as i as I said, is with uh, the most cobra artwork in a museum outside of Europe. I think that we are this museum is unique because of its we're situated geographically. and we like to call ourselves the center jewel in the art coast crown. I mean, we are very, Close to the downtown corridor. We are an accessible, we're an incredibly accessible museum. We are a museum that was designed by a world renowned architect, Edward Larrabee Barnes. We are in a museum that's affiliated with Nova Southeastern University, which is the largest private nonprofit research university in the U.S. Um, we offer lectures that include from uh, professors all different subject matter from the university. We offer them free to the community. This museum is free and accessible to all 26,000 students that attend Nova Southeastern University. So I think that this museum is special because it retains the qualities of a, quote unquote, a hometown museum with its being on Las Solas and being at the center of where the city started and steps from the Strandingham House and Museum of Discovery and Science It also has this international quality in our exhibitions and programming. You can come here and see a page out of Frida Kahlo's diary. You can come here and hear a lecture by an artist. We had Pharrell Williams came to speak, Unannounced came to speak to people who were attending the museum during Art Basel Week because he helped promote and was helpful in mentoring one of the artist groups that um, was featured in the exhibition. So we're a contender. We're, we are a place where you can see things and understand things, but also feel lifted up by things that maybe you haven't seen and, and feel proud that this is right steps away from your school or your work or your house.
1: Yeah. And just looking at the names of the artists and the names of the exhibits, what I feel like is you bring the world to us. We don't have to go anywhere to experience the entire world because it's all right here on Las Olas Boulevard at the NSU Museum of Art Fort Lauderdale. Um, I could talk to you forever, but unfortunately, we are out of time in the program, so you'll have to come back. But I do want to leave everyone with a couple of dates to keep in mind next Sunday, the 26th is the Fort Lauderdale Neighborhood Free Neighborhood Day. And then on the first Thursday of January and the first Thursday of every month, free general admission for everyone. And once you start exploring, you'll find out about all the other programs and events and cafes, you know, wine events included with the art. And again, the website to see all of this. NSUartMuseum.org Thank you for reading my mind. (laughs) <laughs> um, and and I really hope people will stop in. Yes, you can see it virtually. You can see programs virtually. And I got to say if you need to do last minute Christmas shopping, the shop online There are so many unique gifts based on the artwork that you are bound to find something that will fit anyone's desire that no one else is going to get them. So visit it, nsuartmuseum.org, and even better, visit it in person. And teachers, remember, the museum will be open for the public, for kids, for tours, again, starting in two weeks, January. Yay! So I I know there's so much more we could talk about. So you'll just have to come back. That
0: sounds great. If you'll have me, I'd
1: love it. 100% (laughs) count on it. Anna Fornia Sorensen, Director of Development of NSU Art Museum of Fort Lauderdale. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Ellen.
1: One more time, it's the NSU Art Museum of Fort Lauderdale, 1 East Las Olas Boulevard. It's right at Las Olas and South Andrews Avenue. And the website, nsuartmuseum.org, where you can see all of the programs, the educational opportunities, and of course, those free days that are available to you. Before I go, I do want to take a minute and thank everyone who contributed to the Danelle Bennett Best Season Holiday Fundraiser, benefiting Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County. Yesterday was an amazing day at the Coles in Plantation. Coles has been a tremendous supporter of the Boys and Girls Clubs, and we had Danelle and other NFL players and our friends and personalities from Cox Media Group taking kids on shopping sprees that they could never have experienced otherwise. So thank you for your support on that. If you have questions about the program or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen.jaffe at cmg.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Join me again next Sunday for a new edition of Community Focus. Have a great day. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out